Well, good morning. Welcome to Zion Lutheran Church on this Trinity Sunday. Before we begin our worship, uh, just a couple of reminders. Uh, first, a reminder that VBS is coming up here in just a couple weeks here at Zion, at the week of June 19th. Uh, so I would ask you, please pray for our efforts at VBS, pray for our ministry and all of those whom we'll have the opportunity to minister to that week. Uh, so just please keep that ministry in your prayers here in the coming weeks. Also, I wanted to remind you of the upcoming book study of C.S. Lewis's book, The Screwtape Letters. Uh, the bulletin says that will begin July 14th. It's actually June 14th, um, and we will host that discussion at the Parsonage. So if you have questions about that, please let me know. Uh, but if you check out your newsletter, there's a reading schedule in there and details about how to get the book. So do we have any other announcements or prayer requests for the congregation? Well, if not, I will invite you to take a moment to prepare your hearts and prepare your minds for worship as we listen to the prelude. and I invite you to stand in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. 
If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. God, help we have done, and God, what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord 
for the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Glory to God in the highest and peace to God's people on earth. Almighty Creator and ever-living God, we worship your glory, eternal three in one, and we praise your power, majestic one in three. Keep us steadfast in this faith, defend us in all adversity, and bring us at last into your presence, where you live in endless joy and love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. A reading from Genesis. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and the darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and he called the darkness night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let, it, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome. And it was so. God called the sky, the dome sky, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky 
to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures. Let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind with which the waters swarm and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas. Let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of the earth, and every tree with seed and its fruit, for you shall have them for good. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps upon the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished in all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. The word of the Lord. Our psalm is Psalm 8, which we will read responsibly. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. When I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars, you have set in their courses. Yet you have made them little less than divine. With glory and honor you crown them. All flocks and cattle, even the wild beasts of the field. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. A reading from 2 Corinthians. Paul writes, Finally, brothers and sisters, farewell. 
put things in order, listen to my appeal, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Matthew. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, to the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. I invite you to be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, there's one fundamental truth that we should always come to when we read the Gospels, and that is Jesus Christ shows us the fullness of God. And one of the things that Jesus gives to us that we see here in our reading is that Jesus gives us the full, proper name of God. It is the name into which Jesus tells us to baptize all nations, the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Likewise, it's the name in which we worship God. We begin every service in the name of God. I preach, I begin every sermon in the same name of God. You leave this church every Sunday being blessed with that same name. And so when we celebrate Trinity Sunday, we are, of course, worshiping the God who is named for us, named as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And there must be no confusion on that. For Christians, this is unambiguous. It's without question. And it's why the Trinity is so foundational for us. The Trinity is the name by which we know God. It's the name that the psalmist tells us in Psalm 8 is majestic in all the earth. The Trinity is the majestic name in which we are joined together with God. We remember, of course, that we do not give God a name. Only God can give us his name. For example, in Exodus, Moses comes to a burning bush and he asks God, what should I call you? Who should I say sent me? And God gives a name to Moses by which to call him, the name which is I am. Later in the Old Testament, King Solomon builds the temple, and he calls this temple a house for God's name. God's name becomes God's very own presence. It represents God with his people. And so Jesus then who gives us the complete picture of who God is for us, also gives to us the full picture of God's presence in his name. And that is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And to have his name is a gift. 
because it's not something that we can come to on our own. It's not something we can deduce through an equation or through scientific experiments. God's full name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is given to us as a gracious gift. And to have God's name is to have something real of God's presence. Because we don't need an idol to represent God. We don't need a statue to stand in front of us to represent God. We don't have to worry, we don't have to doubt that we are calling out to the wrong God. We don't have to worry that God does not hear us. Instead, we've been graciously given God's name. And in having his name, we are reminded that he is forever present with us. So what Jesus tells us in Matthew 28 is even greater than this, however. Because Jesus tells us not only do we have the name of God to call upon, but that we are baptized into this same name. In other words, when we are given a new birth and baptism, we're given a new name. Our old name doesn't go away, but the name of God becomes enmeshed with our own name. When we baptize someone, we say the person's name, and then we say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In other words, God is forever connecting himself to the person who's baptized. When you were baptized, God forever connected his presence to you. He has adopted you. He's given you his name. He's given you the name that is majestic in all the earth. Now, our gospel reading from Matthew 28 comes at the very end of the gospel. And what's remarkable and gets me every time in this reading is at the very end of the gospel, we're told that some of the 11 disciples had doubts. Think about that. These are the men who walked with Jesus throughout his whole ministry. They had seen countless miracles. These are the men who saw Jesus heal the sick. They saw Jesus give sight to the blind. They saw Jesus raise the dead, walk on water, feed the multitude. They even saw that Jesus himself had risen from the dead. And still, some had their doubts. And it's an important reminder to us first that faith does not come from sight, but by hearing. Right? These men had seen all Jesus had done, but per perhaps they had forgotten that Jesus had done all of this for them. They had forgotten in that moment that what Jesus did was for them and their salvation, for their forgiveness. Likewise, our faith comes not when we see great things, but when we hear that what Jesus Christ has done for us. And this is what Jesus does for the disciples. Because for those who had their doubts, Jesus looked at them, he came to them, and he preached the gospel to them. He didn't smack them in the head and say, what is wrong with you? What else do I need to do for you? He doesn't berate them or belittle them. He didn't disown them. He didn't say, you get a failing grade, get out of here. He didn't say, you're going to have to repeat the class. Instead, he preached to them, again, gospel promises. And specifically, he reminds them of what it means to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He says that all authority is his. He says that heaven and earth are under his command. And so he tells them, when you're baptized into the name of God, then it must be so, because God's word can be no different. You are marked with the name of God, which means that you are forever marked with God's presence. 
This means that sin cannot overcome you. The devil will not defeat you. Not even the grave can hold you because you bear the name of the one who is majestic in all of creation. And there is nothing in this creation greater than that name. And with that, Jesus says, I am with you until the end of the age. It is God's presence in his name. And you, dear Christian, bear his name. You are raised with him and given life with him. Christ is always with you. You can't not drive him away from you. Even in the moments of your doubt and unbelief, like these 11 disciples, even in moments of sin, he doesn't leave you. He is always there, always giving you his name, always proclaiming your forgiveness in that same name. So this is why the doctrine of the Trinity is so important to us and why we celebrate it this Sunday. Knowing the name of God, knowing that God is one God three and three persons will always remind us of the gospel. God is not just a faraway God. He's not just an abstraction or an idea. He's not just a philosophy. He's not just a divine being who wound up creation like a clock and now sits back and watches it unfold. Rather, God is the one who creates and sustains you. He has sent his son to die for you and his spirit gives you life. He is the one who makes promises to forgive you, to resurrect you, and he, and he is the one who does all this for you. And knowing his name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is a kind of assurance of these promises because he's not a faraway God. He's not an unknown God. He is God for you. Martin Luther puts it like this, all who are outside the Christian church whether heathens or Muslims, Jews or false Christians or hypocrites, even though they believe in and worship only the one God. Nevertheless, they do not know what God's attitude is toward them. They cannot have confidence of his love and blessing. Therefore, they remain in eternal wrath and damnation, for they do not have the Lord Christ and besides are not blessed by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so you also having been marked with the eternal name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, can be confident of God's love and blessing. Because you're not, you don't just have a generic, unknown, abstract God somewhere up in the heavens. You have God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who has put his name on you. And so you don't have to wonder. And when, like the disciples, you do have your doubts, you do have your uncertainties, hearing the name of God can be a great comfort for you. This is the God who is for you. This is the God who loves you. When you hear every Sunday in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, hear the name of the God who will not leave you. In a few moments, we will recite together the Athanasian Creed. So the Athanasian Creed is one of three creeds along with the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed that Lutherans hold on to. And so the creed is now notorious because it takes a while to get through. And it's known because it has a negative aspect. It has a renunciation. Because it says anyone who does not keep the faith whole and unbroken will doubtless perish eternally. And that sounds harsh to many modern ears. It sounds like if you don't keep this creed, you're going to go to hell. What it's getting at, though, 
It's not that you have to understand the doctrine of the Trinity perfectly, and if you don't grasp this creed, you're not going to be saved. Instead, what it wants you to hear, what it's saying, is that without the God who is for us, we will perish. If Christ is not fully God, then we have no confident hope of being saved. If the Holy Spirit is not fully God, then we have no confident hope in God's gracious presence. And so to reject the Trinity is to reject the good news of our salvation. And to confess the Trinity is to confess the gospel. And so when we confess the Athanasian Creed here in a moment, I'll invite you to listen closely for the gospel. In this creed, hear the good news that Jesus Christ is for you. Hear the good news of the name with which you are marked now and forever. Hear the good news that God is present with you in this age, now, and forever. Amen.
invite you to remain seated as we confess the Athanasian Creed. So we confess it responsively. Whoever will be saved shall above all else hold the Catholic faith. Which faith, except everyone, keeps whole and undefiled, without doubt he will perish eternally. And the Catholic faith is this, that we worship one God in three persons, and three persons and one God. For there is one person of the Father, another of the Son, and another of the Holy Spirit. Such as the Father is, such is the Son, and such is the Holy Spirit. The Father incomprehensible, the Son incomprehensible, the Holy Spirit incomprehensible. The Father eternal, the Son eternal, the Holy Spirit eternal. And yet they are not three eternals. As there are not three uncreated nor three uncomprehensibles. So likewise, the Father is almighty, the Son is almighty, and the Holy Spirit almighty. So the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. So likewise, the Father is Lord, the Son Lord, and the Holy Spirit Lord. For as we are compelled by the Christian truth to acknowledge every person by himself to be both God and Lord, the Father is made of none. The Son is of the Father alone. The Holy Spirit is of the Father and of the Son. So there is one Father, not three fathers, one Son, not three sons, one Holy Spirit, not three Holy Spirits. But the whole three persons are co-eternal together and co-equal, so then all things, as is aforesaid. He therefore that will be saved is compelled thus to think of the Trinity. For the right faith is that we believe and confess that our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is God, and man. God of the substance of the Father, begotten before the worlds, perfect God and perfect man, of a reasonable soul and human flesh subsisting, who, although he is God and man, one, not by conversion of the Godhead into flesh, but by taking the manhood into God. One altogether, not by conversion of 
For as the reasonable soul and flesh is one man, who suffered for our salvation, descended into hell, rose again the third day from the dead. At whose coming all men will rise again with their bodies and will give an account of their own works. This is the Catholic faith, which except a man believe faithfully and firmly, he cannot be saved. And now I'll invite you to stand with me. And let us pray for the church, for the world, and for all those who are in need. Holy, holy, holy Lord, you have called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Guard your church, purchased with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Keep her in the true faith without error, schism, or compromise until that day when you welcome her home as your spotless bride. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty Father, as the Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the deep, you uttered your word, and the world was created. In the waters of holy baptism, you have spoken our names and declared us righteous. You have drawn us to Jesus, the light of life, and saved us. Let his light now shine through us, that others may see our good works and give glory to you. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious God, we thank you for your abiding presence in all times of life, especially in our homes by your word. Protect our youth from all temptation and sin. Lead broken families to confess their wrongs to you and to each other, and then to forgive each other as in Christ you forgive them. Open the hearts of all married people that their love for each other may never grow weary, but deepen and grow through every joy and sorrow shared. Lord, in your mercy. In government and law, Father, you work to establish and preserve order, protecting the weak and fostering godly virtue. And so bless our President Joseph, our Governor Richard Michael, and all who make and minister and judge our laws, and bless all who defend us in the armed forces and those who aid us in the emergency and medical fields. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty Father, as you continue to uphold your creation, be with us as we still suffer under the curse of sin. By your will, grant healing to the sick, comfort to the lonely, relief to those who hearts, whose hearts are heavy with grief, and aid to those who are in any need, especially Charlie and Jane, Linda, Nancy, Allison, Linda, Steve, Roxanne, Rose, Marilyn, Tony, Carolyn, Amanda, and those who mourn the loss of Mel. Lord, in your mercy. Father, in the blessed sacrament, your son gives his body as the bread of heaven and his blood as the cup of salvation. Help us to receive this blessed sacrament with faith and show forth the fruits of the spirit and lives of faith, repentance, and goodness. Lord, in your mercy. All these things and whatever else you know that we need, grant to us, dear Father, for the sake of him who died and rose again, and now lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now the peace of the Lord be with you always.
Holy God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care. And prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is to give our thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ. You reveal your glory as the glory of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, equal in majesty, undivided in splendor, one Lord, one God, ever to be adored in your eternal glory. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn.
Holy, mighty, and merciful Lord, heaven and earth are full of your glory. In great love you sent to us Jesus, your Son, who reached out to heal the sick and suffering, who preached good news to the poor, and who on the cross opened his arms to all. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his death, resurrection, and ascension, we await his coming in glory. Pour out upon us the spirit of your love, O Lord, and unite the wills of all who share this heavenly food, the body and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen. The Lord remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
congregation. I invite you to stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen.
peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.